0: You're listening to Sports Content Strategy with Mr Richard Clark.
1: People, companies, partners who don't collaborate in the next two to three years, they will not be there anymore because there will be coming a new technology provider out of India, Bangladesh and Nigeria wants to collaborate, takes your spot and really develops the world. So I think to all the experienced people out there, it's a call-up to develop standards in digital. The rights holders, the leagues and the federations need to change their thinking behavior that linear TV rights holders are the the gold diggers of the future because they're not, because they're antiquated, because they are sticking to the contractual terms and giving the clubs much less flexibility Why does every league, why does every football club only think short-term? It's only short-term driven. It's about maximizing revenues. It's nothing
0: really a strategic five-year thinking is like, okay, why? Hi, welcome to Sports Content Strategy. My name is Richard Clark. My guest on this New Year's edition is Mario Leo. He runs Result Sports in Germany. And he's the man I trust with regard to social media statistics, digital trends, and things like that. Every year, we have this discussion about what's gone on in the past year, what's going to come up in the next 12 months. It's a bit of a tradition. We both enjoy it. We both got strong opinions. We agree on a lot of things, but disagree in important areas too. Going into 2020, if you want to contact me, Mr. Richard Clark is where you'll find me on all social media. That's Mr. Richard Clark. My website is mrrichardclark.com as well. I'm a sports, digital, and social media consultant. Speak at conferences, moderate conferences too, and a sports journalist to boot. Anyway, let's talk about the new year to come and the 12 months just passed with this man.
1: My name is Mario Leo. I'm the founder and general manager of Result Sports. And Result Sports is a digital platform doing analytics um, in in this in the world of sports. We capture about 20,000, 22,000 data sets from football, hockey, basketball, volleyball, handball, you name it, uh, all major sports around um, frequently. Uh, we're in the business for about 10 years now and obviously have a vast experience of yeah, what's happening around, where the pain points are, where digital evolution is is going well, which countries are, which platforms are relevant. So, yeah, very much look forward to our conversation, Rich.
0: And, of course, it's the third time we've done this. This is now a traditional thing around New Year's. One time we did it at your house in Germany, but this time we're in different places. I'm in London, you're in, uh, in Germany. But let's, first of all, look back, I suppose, on 2019, broadly speaking open with a general question what has changed and what has not changed in 2019 before we look forward
1: well that's a uh, it's a good old broad question. as hell it's as broad as <laughs> hell i know but 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 general things thing. uh many things have not changed uh obviously the the growth on platforms hasn't hasn't changed the eagerness to grow uh, on platform hasn't changed um, what has changed is obviously the algorithms um, platform behaviors um, platform struggles um, have changed. I think the majority actually is actually on 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 club level um, that the majority of clubs now understand and understood that obviously digital social media is a strategic part and a strategic area for the for their relevance um, in the future because obviously. Um, the world shifted towards digital. Um, mobile is is still low, is still is still climbing and growing all over the places. The access through the internet to content for clubs is growing all over the places, and therefore now pretty much every senior um, executive and, and 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 general manager and CEO of a sports organization in a relevant football league understands that their content can be consumed around the world. So obviously. We've we've seen digital transfers, um, digital managers going from one club to another club um, because they've been they've been identified as talent, as as strategic thinkers, um, and and obviously that that's something um, we've we've observed very heavily in 2019, which has sort of not been occasionally sort of trying to move up the career ladder has been in the past, um, since 16, 17, 18. But I think on a more strategic level, 2019 was a game changer in that. And I think in 2020, or in 2020, in a new decade, uh, we're going to see that um, severely growing.
0: There was a couple of questions last year about where digital fitted. They were asked at the start of last year. And one was to take out the word digital in terms of the... Of, of, of the way football clubs or sports clubs in general did their business, because everything was digital now and everything was digital first, it, it was it was now the the it it didn't need that that extra uh, more specific label. So there, there's one thing. And secondly, the question was whether the people, managers, VPs, directors, running the digital side, especially at the content creation level, should have more of a role, more of a strategic role, a be on the top table, be at board level. So have you seen either of those questions changed or, or found an answer? I mean, you've suggested that the second one, that it's, it's seen as more strategic, but is that just the marketing person now is in charge of digital or is it a digital native moving up in the world? You get what I'm saying?
1: I think it's, it's a digital native moving up. Um, but it's it's also, I mean, what hasn't changed is obviously that the football world um, is still clustered, clustered in a way that obviously we see the, the clubs on who have got, let's say, the top 50 around the world um, and their communities. Obviously, they see that their growth can only be international and can only be through strategic. So obviously, they have they have changed their their organizational behavior. They have uh, changed the workflow, the processes inside the organization. And and through that change, obviously, it ended up to be more strategic, to be more on the executive level. And you can see those forward thinkers. You see that Liverpool, Real Madrid going into and, and Barcelona going into Facebook exclusivity kind of areas where you have to pay to get specific exclusive content I think it's it 2019 was was a, a year For the platforms to realize how big sports is and how big uh, how big sports will impact their future And you can see that in the UK with Amazon now streaming um, A special match day, so I think they will become a much bigger player in in the new uh, rights periods you can see that Facebook is obviously uh, streaming UEFA Champions League matches in South America in countries where they've not been um, broadcasted. You can see that Facebook is streaming specific La Liga um, uh, pieces in, in India. You can see that YouTube is streaming um, content in, in, in India for the second division. So you see those platforms realizing that sports um, is uh, is the emotion and the passion on the platform. So what we've always sort of... Um, suggested and and always stated, I think now now every stakeholder knows and realizes the the bigger potential and and the bigger picture. So you can see that the innovative clubs are really changing their organizational behavior. Um, um, I can just probably now, we're going to face face a, a, a little later that in more detail, but I can see now that, for example, clubs like Barcelona, Real Madrid, Man United, Chelsea and others PSG they will they will bid for specific rights to broadcast their content in countries where the league cannot publish or cannot cannot sign a content content agreement or broadcasting agreement in the future so I I would see that when United TV Liverpool TV is broadcasted in New Zealand or Papua New Guinea where no linear TV channel can afford the Premier League licenses anymore but but obviously those clubs realize that the fans want to see and consume their content. So those are going to be a huge shift because the value chain is going to be obviously significantly changing over the years to come. And um, one of my predictions in, in the book I'm going to write, which I, I shared to you earlier in Germany is that with, within the new rights period is obviously that that we're we we seeing fading outs of classical TV um, consumption because all the younger generation, all our kids, they are used to streaming. They not watch linear TV anymore. They want to watch content when when they want to uh, and when there's time for it. And obviously, there we see that uh, streaming on demand um, on matches um, on, on sports being so so strong in the societies that obviously they can they can tackle markets by themselves.
0: So, so do you think that 2020? Just building on what you said and flipping it forward, 2020 will be the first year in which there's no question mark about streaming sport. Because maybe a year ago, there were still question marks around that. But we've seen DAZN come in in a big way in various territories, specifically in boxing and also in football. We've seen the the Amazon experiment in the Premier League, as you spoke about. And yet again, I've consumed that and, and I know what it's like in Britain. And the fact that it's not being absolutely hammered means that it did really pretty well right? <laughs> <laughs> because, because we'll, 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 we'll pick it apart if we can. And do you think now that 2020 is the first time where there's going to be no question about why am I watching this game on my phone? That isn't a question anymore. Whereas a year ago, there was still a question there about whether it was, it was the right thing. And the presumption was we're always going to go to the biggest screen in the room. I'm not sure or in the house. I'm not sure that question is there anymore. I I I agree. I think that that question
1: is is literally being answered. And don't forget, I mean, the technology evolution, uh, the features of the technology, are so quickly evolving and so quickly developing that streaming on your phone isn't that question anymore. Because you know how easy it is with the iPhone eleven. Um, now just to put in um, audio play or airplay and and your phone has the content but it's streamed onto the tv because the tv uh, connects with your phone and basically streams something which it is obviously it's going to be a shift um, which now the households and the living room changes obviously the technology shift yeah you see i mean when you look into the tv pricing how that's been declined in, in the past, you obviously, you didn't t- change your telly for 10, 15, 20 years until it was broken. Now, you obviously, is, uh, the, the, the payment barrier for the TV is so, so little that obviously connected through your airplay mode on the, on the phone, um, through the, the streaming device or, or airplaying it from your laptop to the TV is, is so simple. That the, that, and I think that's that's the biggest change, that the simplicity of technology to connect basically all the devices is one, one area where a single person who is not technology savvy like yourself and myself can easily transfer it from his phone to e And it's seamless working. And I think the word seamless is the key. Um, and, and therefore, we still have the same experience. We're still going to watch on a 55-inch TV in the living room. But we, it's all streamed, and it's not via linear or via frequency or via satellite anymore. Now the Internet of Things is basically come bringing it all together and just connecting all the devices because it's just so simple to connect them up.
0: Yeah, I think it was interesting. that I think my point there was about when I consumed the Amazon games, the experience was better on my phone than it was on my television because of yeah. the other whistles and bells, the interactivity, the teams, all that yeah. kind of stuff, and maybe just the setup I've got with Virgin Media here and, in the UK. And obviously
1: is it's one area which still has to be conquered and these are the mobile carriers because obviously their their data connections, their data pipes, they are not built up for the huge amount of data people want to consume. So obviously the TV quality is is still obviously a, a point for the for the old classical linear TV because of the cl- the, the quality of the broadcast. Um, And if the mobile carriers um, enter the game, like in Germany, for example, T-Mobile and Magenta TV is doing, um, they're becoming a content provider. So obviously, they need to see how that content, piece of content looks on the mobile device, how it looks on the laptop and how it looks on the telly. And it has to be seamless, best quality obviously, once those mobile operators, and that's a big area in, in Asia where you work, in Africa where I'm very frequently, is obviously that, that the mobile operators are still having an island uh, with with a garden wall where you have to pay to go through that huge wall. Uh, but that will fall because obviously they, they will realize that unfortunately they are only dumb data pipes if they are not part of that big global ecosystem. Um, and I think... The biggest shift in 2020 is what we're going to see is obviously that politics uh, across the world realize that single country politics will not survive in the future with all the mobile or with all the global players. Because a Facebook is global, an Amazon is global, a Google is global. They go into a global economy and obviously they have millions and billions of users on their platforms. So they are they are not interested in how one local economy is working because they've got the sheer mass behind it. Um, and I think politics need to come together on a global scale in a global society and need to protect global, da- make global data protection plans of how everybody's individual personal data is protected because Britain or UK or the European Union, they are not strong enough anymore against these global players of Facebook and Google.
0: No, it's a political issue.
1: Obviously, I'm not going to move into politics in the UK. No, 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 but, but, it, but obviously, but, this is an area which cannot, which is obviously impacting sports, um, and therefore um, it has to be understood that that the politics have a role to play in in sort of making those boundaries, yeah, making those those left and right uh, protection walls on the data highway, because the data highway is going to be global.
0: Yeah, uh, law. The law has to catch up in the sense that. There was a big issue in, in the election, the fact that uh, these big digital uh, companies, Amazon, etc., uh, don't pay sufficient tax given their their trading in the UK. It became a massive issue. Uh, I want to swiftly move on to politics because it's far too Absolutely. dangerous an area for me to get involved in, um, even though I'd love to say a lot of things. Um, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> your... Um, Your point about clubs basically going direct to consumer in key markets, in specific markets, um, that's more of a trend now. Obviously, you've seen leagues uh, start to move into that realm as well. UEFA, I think, have started to move into that realm as well. How do you see that developing in in 2020, that ability to stream? Let's talk about football games, Um, streaming football games direct to consumer, because it sounds great. But we, I can just see everyone pushing back against having 20 small 5 to $6, $10 subscriptions. And that business model may struggle and not be the saviour that football thinks it is. Because what we're talking about is a, a fundamental undermining of the business model that's been, been, been underpinning football for, for decades now.
1: Yeah, and I think actually the arguments will change. Um, I think the, the, this evolution is, is almost unable to stop um, because obviously um, the classical business model of radio and, and linear TV is just fading away. I mean, you see the publishers arguing constantly about their advertisement revenues declining, um, that, they, that they basically put the editors together, they shrink the editors. Uh, and in, in order for them to sell their products, it's only bigger headlines, scarier headlines, and and obviously cre- creating attention and and literally <laughs> to use the term once and hopefully never again clickbaiting, um, and 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 misleading the audience to to an article which is which is commonish or commoner. It's a race uh, to inspired. the bottom. It's a race to the bottom. Exactly. Exactly. Is. So so obviously, um, I think um, what what. The tea, what the what the clubs and and what UEFA and what the governing bodies obviously realised it is that that the, a shrinking value chain direct to the consumer must must be that the consumer saves money because obviously the value chain in the past where you had. Uh, the the rights holders, and then obviously you had maybe an in-front or a there, and then you had another reselling party, then you had a TV station, then you had uh, an agency or or, um, uh, a marketing partner. Um, Everybody needed a piece of the revenue, obviously led to the fact that in the UK you can't get a a cheap football subscription below £50 a month. Um, and obviously, it's been widely accepted because football is such a dominating game um, in the society of the UK, but it's all over the places. And I think what direct-to-consumer will, will mean is that you, um, that you subscribe to the content you want to see, so that you have to bundle um, a Liverpool stream, that you can see all the Liverpool matches, or you bundle all QPR matches, or you bundle all the Leighton-Orient matches, and that the consumer significantly saves. On on the on the cost. Yeah, so so that's and that's I think it's gonna happen I think the 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 person the individual subscriber will significantly save save money and and obviously those those scattered areas and obviously Don't don't get me wrong. It's not only the UEFA or the FIFA or the club's fault It's actually politics again uh, and the regulators of the politics saying, oh, you can't have a monopoly, you need to di- divide it by multiple things. It's like a European thing. Um, ultimately, on the consumer side, it's 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 leading into heavy frustration because he needs two or three different um, subscription to be able to see the content he likes. And I think the regulators need to see that uh, their theoretical approach to things is not digital anymore. It's not, it's not compliant to the digital ecosystem anymore. And obviously they need to see what the, what the fan wants and what the consumer wants and the consumer wants pieces of content. But that also obviously comes into a significant area of competitive balance. Because obviously, a uh, Liverpool who's got whatever, uh, nine, almost ninety million global football fans, if they if they're gonna stream their matches into into different countries, obviously they're gonna see they're gonna transfer um, their 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 emotions and their passion and their club badge uh, to those markets where a Huddersfield or or a Burnley and, and a Bournemouth can't, uh, or a Norwich can't. So so obviously the bigger becomes on a global scale bigger um, and, and then the smaller ones, they remain small. So the scissors in, in revenues um, um, per club is going to be changing. So the regulators need to look into competitive balance. Um, in Germany, I think for over over decades now, we have a solidarity fund, but obviously Bayern Munich for the last three, four, five years have, have really argued that point that their competitive balance to the European super teams, um, is increasing constantly because they are falling behind. Um, and and therefore, you see the European club administration, the ECA initiatives that certain teams get a, a buy or a wild card to constantly play in the Champions League, to constantly have recurring revenues because they invest so heavily into it. So the, the, the economic part of, fo- of football needs to be reviewed. And obviously, If the money stays in the circulation, so let's say, Liverpool paying Red Bull Salzburg 9 million euros or seven and a half million pounds for Minamino, and then Red Bull Salzburg basically used those seven and a half million to half push their academy to get new players in and half to buy another talented player to grow it to international level. If that money stays inside the circle, it's always fine. But if external money comes in, like a half a billion investment from... Uh, a financial institution to Manchester City which then gives Manchester City compliance to financial fair play but the money is not inside the circle but comes from ex- external obviously then it's inconsistent yeah? and then you have an imbalance um, in the football system and then obviously this scissor will, will significantly uh, fall, up, fall apart um, so comp- financial fair play and competitive balance needs needs to be reviewed and the regulators need to be on board and that's why I I leaned earlier to politics because politics don't understand the digital um, evolution and the digital cycles and they go quicker and quicker so they need to really pick up their efforts to understand how powerful Let's say my five solar systems, which I last year talked about, the the, the solar system of Facebook, the solar system of Google, the solar system of Amazon, the solar system of Wanda, and now obviously Apple and Apple TV is also moving into those solar system style because it has content, it has technology, it has devices. You don't need anything else to to go outside this solar system. And that's what these big technology platforms have whether or not they want to pay tax or no that's that's something the regulator and politics need to need to take care of. but that they will go away they will never go away because they are huge. They have billions of people they, 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 we all feel confident with the device we're going to use we are sticking um, we have a device stickiness. so, so basically they, they have us and we don't go away. Um, now now politics need to protect our data. Because obviously they know our click behavior. They know how much time we spend on each platform. And obviously they want the big technology platforms want that we spend more time on those platforms.
0: It's very interesting what you're saying there because I am really a book at the moment called Rockonomics by a professor called Alan Kruger. And it's about the economics of, of music. And he's argued um, that the... Evolution of music, obviously, it's gone through its 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 huge pain points and, and huge um, redefinition of its uh, uh, of how it does business with uh, death of vinyl and the Spotify's start starting up and artists losing lots of money and having to go out on tour because they're not going to actually make money on the music; they'll make money on the experience on the tour. Um, and because
1: they need to share their revenues. I mean, uh, an, an Apple takes you 30% away of your of your money you, you earn. Our sort the of platforms, they have their, their individual touch points where they generate revenue constantly.
0: Yeah. Uh, and his point, and I think what you're getting at here, and what we've seen with, for example, CEOs' pay, which has gone from 20x in, in England uh, 20, 30 years ago to like 200x uh, now. And what you've seen yeah. in music is you've got. Digital has allowed a lot of people to make a little money, but a few people to make an extreme amount of money. And I think what you're talking about now is the fact that we're at a, a point now where the big guys, the big teams, are gone away in the distance. And the ability of a Norwich, the ability of a Huddersfield, who, bear, bear in mind, have been Premier League teams in the last couple of years, so they're not insignificant globally. They've got a global reach. But their ability yeah. to catch a Liverpool, a Man City, a Chelsea... Um, Man United, it seems to be, well, virtually gone now. And the same thing is happening with, a don't know, a Cologne trying to catch a Bayern Munich. That opportunity seems to have gone. And is there, I suppose my question, is there any way to stop that? And you're talking about governmental regulation to try and avert that and keep a competitive tension. Otherwise the only way for those clubs to really have competitive tension is to join together and have a a global super league, isn't it? Because then you've Exactly,
1: that's what I'm leaning. So so exactly. So so you see that those super clubs obviously they they want uh, there and, and we as fans we want those those super games i mean you see when when liverpool beat Monterey, how many how big the wave was globally and then when the final came against flamengo and liverpool scored in extra time the winner it made global scale so, so obviously we are already in in a, in a movement towards those global competitions because um, who is part of the club championships, the club world championships in in the country? It's is usually Monterrey, it's usually Flamengo, it's usually the European champion. Um, so, so there, the, the, there's only five or six teams who are entering those those top club competitions, and and obviously those global awarenesses because of FIFA. Obviously, FIFA understands that the UEFA Champions League is a, is a significant success model um, and obviously tries to replicate it um, across to make football even more relevant. And obviously, you need to be concerned about all other sports. yeah, like, yeah, like, and, and you can only see that on event occasions that these other sports can be competitive. A boxing fight of the two super heavyweight champions may global scale. A super fight of the UFC... Um, um, makes global scale. Yeah, When uh, Roger Federer and Nova Djokovic fight on, on a five set tennis thriller it makes global scale but those are on event driven occasions and those occasions are only 10 times per year and football occasions obviously you have significant. So one, one theory I have in mind is in 10 years from now we see world championships happening every two years because because the four-year rhythm is too long. We want global competitions every two years. And the World Championship is going to happen. The World Cup is going to happen every two years because it's the demand of the, of the consumer who wants to see those global battles on a, on a more frequent basis. So, yes, um, that's going to be a huge shift. And, 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 and therefore, you need to, as a league, and I think that's where the Premier League um, and La Liga, especially with all their international activities, are, are far ahead of, of all the other leagues around um, in, in Europe because they, they understand that the first thing what they need to make prominent is their clubs. And Watford and Crystal Palace and Norwich are known in every corner around the world because the Premier League has touch, done such a such a good job um, in in that aspect.
0: I suppose my only pushback with that is the fact that if I'm an Arsenal fan, I get wound up and I get infused by my derby against West Ham. And West Ham, with due respect, are not going to be in this Champions League Super League. If I'm a Dortmund fan, I will get excited by my derby against Schalke. And Schalke probably wouldn't get in there either. And there are a lot of Champions League group games, and they may be great teams, but they're pretty sterile and they're also not great tv experience as well so there is that concern that you've that you um it's it's almost it's almost you know we're talking about a sort of uh uh, Avengers assemble you know all the big superhero teams are coming together but some of the stories are lost and some, some of the intenseness and the passion may go as well thoughts
1: absolutely you know I, I completely agree and, and obviously you worked in the MLS um, for for a couple of seasons yep. um, and obviously you know that the MLS expansion is basically or the, and the MLS setup is based on rivalry Mm. Rivalry is one key area where where the MLS is growing relevance, it's growing attention, it's growing media interest. Uh rivalry is a key. Um and, and but rivalry is, is on, on a global scale obviously um is, is is also happening through through the media because obviously when, when we see and, and, and there I think the UK media and the German media are not are not uh, very different from each other uh, one one part of an area says that the politics in China are, are, are scary and terrible and the trading agreements will be terrible and, and dismal and um, and obviously the other other side of media says that Trump is doing very bad and and is is, um, uh, is doing very bad politics on trading and everything so obviously those global Competitiveness, uh, and then on the other side, a third media says that Putin is all doing bad. So, so those rivalries um, are, are, are really uh, a big struggle. And I think, um, therefore, why I always have bring back kind of politics and society into into sports because that's obviously our 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 role play. That's our framework which we which we're living in, um, and and you can see that individually. In, in a global scale in fact in, 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 in like that that you have access to content around the world is that the, the politics need to understand that the technology which is at the moment developed is 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 making life easier for us because the technology selects the content for us which which we like it's it's user behavior driven so if somebody on the right wing literally consumes and engages with content which is right rightish kind of flavor, um, he will only see in future, because of the algorithms and everything, only rightish kind of flavored content. And if somebody is on the left side he and consumes and engages with content on the left side, he only will see content from the left side because technology makes my life easier and pre-selects things which I'm interested in. So what societies forget is to have a second pair of eyes, the objective eyes. And because media um, and publishers being so economically driven and economically left behind with their business modeling fading away, they are not the objective eyes anymore because they have an interest. And therefore, entire societies are misled in the overall gameplay. Um, And therefore, money talks, you're right. Um, And and therefore, you see that the the, the people with the biggest budget and the biggest money, um, they can obviously get bigger on a global scale. Um, Therefore, the the regulators, or in this case, in football, and I want want to stay also like you in football, obviously, the leagues need to understand that obviously uh, a new uh, solidarity system needs to come into play because Liverpool can only play Everton if and, and the rivalry against Everton can stand, if Everton is in the same league than Liverpool,
0: exactly, and that's that's kind of what concerns me. But um, uh, j- just one last question on this area: you've talked about the big leagues and their their capacity to go direct to consumer and and create a business model, whether it works or not. But but they, there's the capacity to create a business model that way. Yeah. What if you're a smaller league and say you're the the Belgian League, the Hungarian League, the, the Austrian League, you, you're not going to have that demand. But you could fall in. And one tactic to try and grow audience would be to uh, fall in, throw your lot in with a, a social media platform, a Facebook, a, an Instagram, a Twitter or whatever it may be. Uh, and we've seen people do this in order to grow their audience. But, of course, they don't have the capacity to go direct to consumer. They're trying to grow their audience to, to, to be of that scale so they can potentially do that in the future. But what we have seen when rights holders throw their lot in with uh, social media companies that it's very good at growing an audience on that social media platform and doesn't always work out in the long term that well for the rights holder so they, they could get caught in the middle.
1: Yes, you're absolutely right, and therefore, and therefore, sort of the UEFA Crow role, uh, role is is really, yeah, so so key and so interesting for me because obviously, um, it 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 helps um, the national associations to to open um, their eyes and to get a, a mid and long term planning because it's about the football federation of the future. How is the football federation of the future going to look like? And I think Austria also making making the right steps that you that you sort of become the single provider and the one-stop shop to football in your country. Um, and and obviously then um, if a big TV channel or TV broadcaster want to buy a piece of content because Austria plays Germany, for example they get just a sub-license to broadcast this game on a bigger scale, as it's been well, the dot on the eye or the, or the, the, the cheese on the cake. Um, and, and obviously those, those highlights, they will become a wider audience, while obviously the, 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 the common approach of those should be, they should be the facilitator for the local football community. And UEFA TV is then obviously the facilitator to bring this local football term to a, to a wider audience. Uh, because don't forget, obviously, with, with the world being becoming always closer together through social media and through, through platforms, we see more and more people um, not living uh, their entire life in a single location like our parents and grandparents have done. You see how many Britain retirees are not living in, in Britain anymore. They move to Portugal or they move to other places and islands around the world, um, but they still consume the football and obviously for them streaming and the access to streaming is obviously a blessing in the heart because they they live far away but yet they are still bonded to their local and heart uh, heartfelt football team
0: let's change chat let's talk about social media um because Result sport. What they're very strong on and known for is these huge tables of of followership. Obviously, you do engagement stats. You dig, go deep down in the engagement, but what you can produce publicly is is follower stats. And so, what have we seen um, broadly? What's happened uh, in terms of football clubs and and their social media uh, reach and engagement in two
1: thousand nineteen? I think what we what we talked about last year, where where I said that. That one one key item what should be learned is obviously that each platform should f- should fulfil a role in the content play um, has has really manifested in, in 2020. Um, we see obviously that Facebook is becoming the the platforms of highlights um, with which is also marketed highlights. So it's pretty much a commercial platform um, and and a, a revenue driven platform for for um, for clubs um, and, and leagues. And, and therefore, obviously, the visibility of sponsorships or, or digital assets or formats is is w- w- branded or with a product or, or a sponsor is is literally quite common now. Um, the LinkedIn um, area has been has been uncovered, and, and LinkedIn is sort of really the, the the channel for corporate social activities. Yeah, for job hunting, um, is is um, it's it's one part of that area which which sort of an enhancement is. Um, overall instagram has been the the growth platform and and obviously as we discussed last year i mean the ease of use the the constant evolution of functionalities and features on on instagram and, uh, and on a mobile function or mobile first driven environment um is is greatly satisfying um uh, for for the for the clubs and and gives uh, gives a, a, a um, and enables this this growth pattern so so obviously that has been no, no real surprise um, at all. Um, so Twitter Twitter as, as the news platform has been changing. So I think th- those role-driven approaches um, where, where content is not cross-posted anymore, each, each role of the platform gets, gets the content allocation, that has really manifested in, in the top teams around, around Europe. Obviously, since um, mid-summer, late-summer, August, September-ish, uh, we have a new kit in town uh, with TikTok, um, which is sort of a 15 to to 60 second um, video style where you can have a music overlay um, in 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 embedded. That obviously um, attracted a, a big audience, but you can see that um, an Instagram um, and and other platforms taken precautionary measures to have the same feature set as tiktok um so you need to see whether that sort of wave of tiktok is 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 just an annual interception um of the ultimate top 5 platforms which has always been there since the beginning um um, or the beginning of internationalization, and I named those top five as being Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and and for the international team, Cina Weibo, um, on on the scale. So those those top five uh, platforms um, are, are remain dominant um, in all aspects, but obviously their role has changed. And I think YouTube um, is is in as as being part of the solar system of of, of Alphabet and Google. Um, is all, also probably the biggest struggle. I mean, I seen um, obviously uh, a, a press release in, in September, August, uh, sorry, August, September, October, where where uh, Liverpool earned six hundred thousand dollars or something like that, uh, based on YouTube per month. And and I can say that that this is this calculation is based on cost per mil in a classical way, is by far true uh, untrue um, because YouTube's um, YouTube's payouts uh, are very little. Um, we know the big clubs here in Germany or so; they have three, four, five million video views per month, and their payment from YouTube is is a four-digit figure. So how uh, per on a monthly basis? So th- th- those most calculations um, are, are again misleading um, information, which gets one time big media impact uh, and never can be proven it's never measured on a transparent way and what we at at results boards try to do is is really um, become transparent uh, with the matrices uh, with the metrics we use for for calculations um, and that's a key area to maintain relevance and and that's why I urge um, our peers and our companies just to work together because I believe that People, companies, partners who don't collaborate in the next two to three years, they will not be there anymore because there will be coming a new technology provider out of India, Bangladesh, Nigeria, which wants to collaborate, takes your spot and really develops the world. So so I think to all the experienced people out there, it's a call up to develop standards in digital, which are, are urgently needed, that people understand what an impression is, that people understand what a reach is, that people understand what an engage means uh, and not talk, uh, for example, with with the term impressions and reach about the same thing because they are not the same.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's really interesting to say that because one of the stories that came out last year was Cristiano Ronaldo made more from Instagram than he did as a footballer. And personally, I didn't believe a word of it. Um, <laughs> bit, and, and it's not
1: true because yeah. obviously he would stop play football because football is work for him and and and, and obviously work is not e- not always easy. So he, if he would earn more, then he would stop to play football. That's that's as simple as it as it is.
0: Yeah. So the now I know that you can go a lot deeper than me in terms of metrics. Okay, but there is a real problem out there. I see people comparing. TV viewership with uh, YouTube views and of course there's always been the issue of the measurement comes from, you know, a lot of the measurement comes from looking at your Facebook metrics and of course Facebook have been fined in the past for overblowing their metrics. In the, it's in their interests, it's in the interests of the social media companies to, um, if not gerrymander the figures, but to uh, certainly suggest that um engagement reach impressions all this stuff is higher than it actually is
1: of course yeah i mean i mean that's that that's exactly right and and obviously we we had the discussion this discussion i think four years back where the the classical metric um, which was used on linear t v obviously was was adopted by facebook because because facebook is is using um one second view as being a video watched as, as being being videoed, and then obviously Facebook changed that term. and when you see now TikTok claiming that they have billions of video views um, of video sessions, yes, they have billions, but how many people watching more than three seconds, that's the key and And if the platform don't don't change their behavior, and if people continuously misleading the industry peers with just one hit. Just to make the news and be relevant, I think that's that's the biggest problem we have. Uh, we need we need to have clarity. Uh, we need to have standards um, on digital terminologies, and I think that's the key um, to to uh, to get better and, and even bigger. Because the platforms don't go away. I mean, the media can write, the publishers can write whatever they want. Facebook will go away in two years, three years. Obviously, it doesn't. Yeah, because there are still thirty million. Germans using Facebook five million five minutes a day they have been 28 million three years ago and 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 it's 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 saturated yes Facebook is a saturated platform where too many news um, are, are, are dominating the the little time so the attention span goes down and obviously there's been science uh, research being taken that obviously now a human, Attention span is down to nine seconds. Yeah, a goldfish can can recognize it eleven seconds, uh, but but humans can only do nine seconds. So saturation means that our attention span is is decreasing. But our attention span is increasing if it's interested for in, interesting for us and if it's if it's emo, emotional for us. Therefore, the role of sports in the societies and in overall global scale. Um, society behaviors will become much bigger because music and sports and movies, uh, and that's what I'm saying for the last seven, eight years, are the key driving areas of entertainment. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously sports has fully understand that a local theater, a local cinema is competing on time spent uh, for my occasion. Um, and obviously they're working against that. So we see entertainment and theme parks around football stadiums. To engage more with families, to get the audience younger. And ultimately, and I, we, I think we come to that as well, ultimately, eSports and, and a very strong eSports strategy will lead to that in five years, the, the 13, 14, 15 year old eSports person will not go into the stadium anymore because I give him all the content in his living room and he doesn't need to leave the living room at all. He never needs to go to the stadium to know how the stadium atmosphere is like. And I think that's, that's a critical area where, where sports clubs need to change their thinking and their, and their overall model. It's not about entering a new industry where lots of sponsorship monies can be earned. It's about a holistic 360-degree club image branding perspective. And therefore, eSports will play a role, definitely, um, but, but not the ultimate role as it has te- overtaken in many clubs, especially in Germany
0: so many things in there i mean i would say just just quickly for me marshmallow playing in the middle of fortnite <laughs> that concert he played in the middle of fortnite that was the most most uh, important uh, concert of the year in my opinion the other thing i would yep. say is there's a uh, i tell you what, when your book comes out, let's go into a deep dive about stats because I know you know so much more than I do. <laughs> but, but, but we probably, that's another yeah, four I'm, hours. of
1: I mean, statistics and, and people obviously has crit- have criticized me many times uh, this year and in the past years. Like, why don't you share engagement or user behavior? Yes, because because they are not publicly available, yeah. and obviously we want to be compliant to the social platforms. And and if I see, I mean, there's there's a Spanish or a South American club, Finanzas or so, who who releasing engagement stats, but they are they are always not with the right figures. Yeah, of course it says minutes watched. Yeah, because they calculate the watch time there, then they they take it from the next month and it's minutes minute watched. But ultimately, what we want to ensure is like on what content does the audience stick? Where's stickiness on the content? It's not generalistic. And you can see that um, a dugout is struggling because the clubs cannot provide the huge amount of exclusivity only on dugout because they need to release it on other platforms as well. And then the exclusivity is only about two or three hours or two or three days. And you can see that even the leagues like Premier League and La Liga will face problems from the clubs and when they have discussions inside those, those club meetings or gatherings where, where even UEFA gets the block of two days um, uh, blackout period for specific goals, it's, it's too long because because in 2 days nobody is interested about anymore and you see why the MLS is becoming digitally so strong is because the goals are centralized distributed by the MLS and a great goal of Ibrahimovic making global scale just 5 minutes after he scored a goal oh, yeah. and that's and that's what's key in the future so the rights holders the leagues and the federations need to change their thinking behavior that the TV Linear TV rights holders are the the gold diggers of the future because they're not, because they're antiquated, because they are sticking to the contractual terms and giving the clubs much less flexibility. So all stakeholders just need to consider their role in the future because if they don't change it in five years, they're not relevant anymore.
0: I've been lecturing uh, in a few places and one of the stats I've got is if you look at the average age of um, a US sports fan, uh, the two that are right at the bottom of the scale by some distance are MLS and NBA at 40 41 i think it is and yep. they have the most liberal views with regard to the use of highlights which is your blue ribbon content and at MLS yes not only were they trying to get that that goal by ebra or whoever it was out to the clubs they would hammer the clubs if the clubs aren't getting that out as quickly as possible absolutely um, but uh, <laughs> yeah I've, on a club side call call it hammering they would say <laughs> They would encourage the clubs to get it out as quickly as possible because they knew that grows the league. And, you know, as I say, I worked in MLS. I've got a huge love for MLS. And if you look at where they were even, well, we're at the end of a decade. You look at where they were 2010 when the Rapids won the MLS Cup. It's a very, very different beast now with global Resonance a lot more global resonance in a year in, in 10 years i'd argue it's it's the league that's 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 grown the most in terms of that uh viability reputation etc cetera, etc cetera. it's still you know a long way behind the european leagues i'm not saying it's uh, it, it it it's not but they've done because of their digital first model their liberal views in 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 key areas and their centralized uh, single entity model it's allowed them to make Rapid growth. There is a another stage, another couple of stages they've got to go through, and there's there's still questions about how they're going to do it. But that doesn't stop us looking back on them, in my opinion, with admiration of what they've done in this last last decade.
1: Absolutely, and, and therefore I I urge every every football uh, executive to look into how the NBA is is putting itself as the biggest rival on a global scale. Uh, compared to football yeah. and it's not basketball it's the NBA it's specific leagues because of the liberal global aspect and aspiration you have and you, you have to see how the NFL is trying to maintain the power and they have no choice then to sort of bring american football to other countries as as uh, on a global scale obviously in in a world with where where climate and, and climate protection is is going to be a, a huge topic in the next two or three years yeah you cannot fly your 50 players uh, to japan and play a game in japan and then fly to sydney and have a game in sydney and then you fly to south africa and have a game in, in cape town or in johannesburg um, that's not going to be um, relevant. But I think, obviously, with with the large investors and the large owners, uh, that these franchises are not limited to US boundaries in the future. I think that's going to be um, a significant um, change in, in behavior.
0: We were still on social media. We've diverted a little bit, but we're still on social yep. media. Okay. Um, last year, you were... Questioning Instagram a lot. You're saying it's had this tremendous growth. Instagram uh, 2018 was Facebook 2014. That, that growth, that huge growth would taper off at the end of 2019 as Facebook changed its algorithm uh, similar to what it did with EdgeRank and Facebook. And uh, there would be more of a pay-to-play starting to come in. Has that happened?
1: Uh, that has not happened as as in 2019, as as I said. But I I think I also sort of changed, not changed, but I also said that that I th- I see that in the next 16, 18 months going going to change. So I I'm, I I could be still in that window. Yeah. Um. But obviously, when you look into overall how how Instagram's positioning has changed, obviously they 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 first of all focused on on this on 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 their competition and their rivalry um, and neg- neglected the the fact that obviously um it needs to make instantly instant money um because obviously you have snapchat who talks end of 2019 still on on snapchat almost nobody um, and it's really downgraded to become a messenger platform, just like like many others.
0: Yeah. So um, it, it, it's a messenger, not a content play anymore. But it does have a role as a messenger. It does have a role, That's exactly. Not,
1: in, in, not in, the, in the in the club mix, it, it can has a, it can have a role, absolutely, because we're going to focus on which country is going to have which platform and which relevance in in a, in a bit as well. Mm. But but obviously, um, Instagram, smartly, or Mark Zuckerberg, obviously, smartly has has changed. I think the the strategic view and saying we need to fade out the biggest rivals r- rivalries first, and obviously with ByteDance and and um, and TikTok coming into play, obviously now um, Instagram has has an, a new competitor um, in the age group of I would say eight to fifteen um, with with TikTok. Um, and that's something which needs to take take care. Uh, and and I see th- I see obviously that functionality has has changed significantly. And I can also see that that Facebook um, will will pitch to become younger again because I I can I can see some some gaming um, approaches. There was there was this EA Sport initiative uh, with uh, with Borussia Dortmund or so, um, and EA Facebook EA and, and Borussia Dortmund. Um, some early tests. So I, I think um, the platform, like Facebook, is is becoming more more gamification in future because they see that Twitch and Amazon becoming too strong, um, and and obviously TikTok uh, becoming too strong in an age group where where actually Instagram should be uh, the the key platform. But if you if you if you scroll through the the TikTok user base, who sort of is in the top fifty. Um, of 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 the followers and those are obviously very young influencers like I said 14 15 16 17 years old they have a hundred thousand to maybe three million followers if you then look into their profiles each of them have an Instagram profile as well and each of their Instagram profile has probably between 50 and and 800,000 followers so not that much less um, in that size so so I can I can see that at the moment, this young audience is weighing up, should I go Insta, or should I stay at Insta, or should I full go on TikTok? They're not. They're not singly focusing all the efforts in, in, in one area. And I think, ultimately, we had a, this uh, discussion or that topic just a few minutes ago. Ultimately, if TikTok will release their full behavior and will give access to statistics and insights, obviously then then it becomes grounded to to compete on on same terms with with the other platforms um and it's not that hip and and and, and fashion-like anymore um in the future obviously it has as brought again new features new functionalities into the industry which which are kind of cool um, but obviously we see that area of changing and i, I that's what i said last year that that, that duration of 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 sort of or that, that constant drive for change that, that cycle is shrinking on a constant basis. Um, and I still maintain that 2020 or 2020 um, will be where where Instagram will change their algorithms on on, on constant growth. I'll, I'll track that into the new year.
0: Yeah I also think the other part of it is that Facebook's had Huge reputational issues in two thousand nineteen, whereas the other social media are quite happy to leave Facebook to be the bad social media, and and will we'll be uh, will be the good social media. So I think that that yep. rep, that reputational stuff may have, but that, may but have the, it. That
1: reputation is obviously is is all is always been from the publisher side uh, because the publishers leaked that there are data leaks and and there are this this problems and that problem. Uh, with the platform, because for the publishers or the journalists who are now 35 to 50, um, it's the platform 10 years ago who changed their comfortable job description into becoming um, now a not narcissistic but but, but really a, a, a dismal uh, minded and, and, and not really future proven mindset.
0: It decimated newspapers to Facebook, Facebook, Facebook <laughs> is the ultimate enemy of every publisher. Twitter. Now, Twitter. Two years ago, I think we did this, and it was all about Twitter's a little bit of a, in England, we'd say a barn pot. It's a a bit strange. It's going to get sold. It hasn't made enough money. It hasn't done the right thing in terms of feeding its uh, its content to users the correct way. It hasn't introduced an algorithm. It's struggling. All those questions have gone away because no one's really taken over its crown as the king of real-time news. Um, when an event happens, you tend to go to Twitter first to find out what's gone on. Now, like it or lump it, that gives it a crucial role. There's, there's a Trump bump as well in there, but um, <laughs> uh, but um, it. Some of those questions that existed a couple of years ago have gone away, and it's still got its relevance despite everyone writing obituaries. That's my view. Thoughts on that?
1: I partially agree because I think I think. When, when when I talk to clubs, obviously the the clubs the clubs say first uh, in in countries where Twitter is not as relevant and and obviously Germany Austria Switzerland Twitter hasn't have that breakthrough of of humongous relevance yeah and then and then you have you have second division third division teams who have a thousand Twitter followers and usually the club media responsible person says all these thousand people. They are either publishers or journalists who are listening to what we say, and I think, I think Twitter is a publisher media network. is where 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 publishers, journalists, media's meet, greet, share their if they're journalists share their single-minded opinion, not not the publisher or the or the or the or the or the, or the magazine kind of of head, and you can see that often in, in the profile descriptions. Um, and obviously the the well educated audience who wants to have a second opinion follows on twitter to see what's new yeah where what's 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 hot and what's not what's trending what people talk about and what's not so yes it has of course a relevance but it still has the same problems if you look into the quarterly reports of how much revenue twitter turns and how much profit it makes it still is small compared to all the others and the functionality of twitter has not evolved periscope is not relevant as the video streaming arm of twitter um, um, it's, it's just it's just remained in that kind of latest news corner um, for for the time being while all the others have matured i mean facebook's presence um, around the world has not declined his reputation has, has been hit, um, obviously, because of, of many different things, inclu- including the Cambridge Analytica, Netflix documentary. Um, and, and obviously, but, but you see, Twitter kind of have have the same, same area. When I, and I think Twitter even changed back because now you can change your setting to go back to the latest news. So the, they go back to the 2014 circle and saying, well, we've tried pretty much everything, let's stay to what we're really good at, and that's being the news channel. And I think that's where they've they're left behind. I don't see huge innovation. If you look into their analytics, it's the worst analytics in every single platform which is out there. Hasn't changed, haven't invested a single kind of penny into it, as it feels, Yeah, from a person close to the platforms. Um, Twitter's policy in getting getting verifications is non-existent while on Instagram, Facebook, um, TikTok, it's it's very clear how you can get verified and get a blue tick uh, on yours. Twitter is not. And I think Twitter remains again in that corner of just being a news distributor and that's it. And and, uh, a news distributor just remains in, in the same area. So, of course, in the UK, where you have very vibrant media hammering the, the public and society with their news, you go onto Twitter and you 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 still your thirst on news if you follow the right people, um, which you think are credible. Um, and and again, I think that hasn't changed at all from from being an innovative out there. Their their survival fight uh, is is better than expected um, because they still. Um, uh, uh, well, were not being able to sell off to to a bigger um, social platform or to a, um, a solar system, they are still a comet in between those those bigger players. Uh, but they will remain as as as, as uh, small as they are if they don't add on to become um, a, a a part of a bigger system.
0: Let's talk about the regional differences because obviously you've. Operating all over the world with result sport. So, have you seen a shift in the regional differences in terms of social media usage and engagement over the last year, eighteen months or so? And and how do you think it will change? Yeah,
1: well, we didn't we didn't cover that in the last two times um, or in the last two sessions. So so therefore, I'm probably sort of going to go a little bit deeper and and, and, and broader into it. Obviously. um, there's always been um, global differences in the user behavior, um, and that is becoming um, obviously that, that, that that's becoming or that's not becoming that that, that uh, leads back to the access to uh, database or data packages to mobile um, to to certain areas. So we see Facebook dominating, obviously very dominating in in South America, um, in in Africa. In bigger, biggest parts in um, in in um, Southeast Asia, so the Southern Hemisphere is is very very driven by 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 a blue world of of Facebook. Um, it's been saturated um, in 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 North America and in Europe, but only saturated in North America and Europe by the young people. So they've deserted basically Facebook. So you you, you barely find. Uh, a 25-year-old younger, being very active on Facebook. He's likely having a Facebook profile um, and he consumes content, but he's not engaging and he's not distributing content on the platform. So he's just a consumer on Facebook in Europe and in North America while he's engaging and while he's posting and while he's distributing content on his own platform turf, which is Instagram. So Instagram in North America and Instagram in Central central parts in, in Europe, is, is the key platform. Um, and also in areas where where younger generations are, are quite big, like in Australia, Instagram is growing. Um, you see societies which which always, and I, I, at the moment, I'm only talking about Western platforms, so I'm not talking about China, because obviously the Western platforms are all forbidden um, in China, and you can only access those through a VPN, which is obviously illegal and, 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 and can be penalized. So all I'm, initially I'm only talking about obviously the, the Western dominated platforms. Um, you have the Middle East um, um, with UAE uh, and all those. They are very, very Google friendly um, areas where, where YouTube is huge. Um, and, and obviously they have been very sad because Google Plus was dominating with hundreds of thousands of followers. And when Google made the decision to discontinue Google Plus. Obviously, the clubs in, in, in the Middle East, in the MENA region, they were really struggling because they always relied on a very close tie to the U.S., to Google um, and their ecosystem. So one prediction, which we come again later, but I will state it here quickly, I believe that Google Maps will be becoming a social network in the future where a lot of recession and engagement will take place. But I'm leading back um, to, to where we are. Um, There's only one country uh, making an exemption in in Asia um, from the blue or or orange, purple Instagram, Facebook world, uh, which is Japan. Um, And Japan is obviously a Twitter country. And if you look into the society of of Japan, obviously, they want short, clear information and updates and and 160, 120 or 280 characters give them all the information they need. Um, to to be relevant, to be updated, to to be aware of what's happening, so that's basically sort of where where Twitter is is in in all the advanced nations is Twitter only in one country really relevant, and that's that's in in Japan. Twitter has increased with with the absence of Google Plus. Twitter has increased its relevance in in the Middle Eastern, area and we can see that al- Hilal and, and the big clubs in in Saudi Arabia and the UAE um, have have really shifted and, and significantly grown their follower base on on Twitter to distribute their news um, to to the audience and to the followers um, but in the majority of like I said in all the other areas it's it's been really those those key countries where Facebook and Instagram uh, are sharing, obviously the, the bigger piece of the ice cake. Um, TikTok with the merge of, of Musical.ly, um, which obviously was, was uh, a European known video um, network. Obviously TikTok is, is sort of um, the Chinese ambassador to coming from China to sort of conquer um, the, the, uh, the European or the Western um, communities and users um, and it's attracting obviously the, the 8 to, to 15, 16, 17 year olds. It's the first sort of exposure of, of a Chinese network outside WeChat. Uh, WeChat was, is, is the, the Western term for, for, um, for um, the platform which is in China known as Weixin. So Weixin is the local term for, for WeChat. Uh, WeChat is the Westerners term or the international brand for it. So those platforms, they they grow out um, of, of China going into attracting a bigger audience um, around the world. But all the others uh, in China, like Sina Weibo, who is a short messaging service, they are very relevant or kept very relevant locally um, in China. Um, and then Tencent, which was the big, biggest rival. Uh, Tencent QQ, which was the biggest rival for Sina Weibo for many years, they've lost significantly on relevance because of WeChat, which is an own in-house um, uh, Tencent solution. Obviously, all those Tencent users, they are migrated or were migrated to to WeChat. And then we have local platforms which which sort of stick out. Obviously, in Russia, it's WeContact here. Um, in all the Eastern European countries, is the number one platform. Uh, where, where Facebook is not relevant, but WeContactia's look and feel is exactly like like Facebook, but obviously it gives all the local um, characters, it gives all the local alphabets um, a bigger voice and a bigger tone. So therefore WeContactia has kept a huge relevance in Eastern European countries, um, especially in the countries former Russia and, and Russia. Um, and the second platform, which is relevant, is Odnoklassniki, which is also uh, um, um, a messenger kind of um, news distribution platform in in Russia for Russian speaking. And, and then we have probably one platform in in Japan, uh, which is Line, uh, which is which is very relevant um, in in the Japanese community. And that's like a Tumblr. It's like a blog style. You write an article with a nice headline. You're adding pictures. Just to have like a little story um, inside or a chapter of a story inside your, your clubs. And clubs like Man United, Chelsea, Bayern, Dortmund, they're growing yeah, a four-digit, five-digit figure online about their, their stories every month. So it it's, remains very relevant.
0: Anything going to change in 2020 in that area?
1: Um, yeah, I think I think there will be will be some changes. Um, I think that that um, that that micro uh, that Facebook will will tackle LinkedIn a bit more. Obviously, you see now the into into the LinkedIn feature sets, and you can you can hunt the people on on Facebook. I think LinkedIn, which is sort of the the Microsoft arm into the social social world or into the social platform world, um, is being being. Um, Identified as as one one target where which which the bigger platforms, the Amazons and and the um, uh, Facebooks of the world, will obviously um, get get users attracted to their own platforms. So they they obviously need to defend um, themselves um, in the, in that respect um, and need to need to be innovative. Um, but I think overall, from the top five platforms stated, I think nothing is, is significantly changing in 2020. Nothing nothing which, which can be foreseen at the moment.
0: And the final one on social media, these paid-for aspects, these paid-for uh, social medias that started recently with football clubs Real Madrid, on Facebook, uh, Liverpool, on YouTube, only started at the end of the year. But it's a little trend, and I can see that. I could see other people experimenting and having a good look at, uh, at how the big clubs do on those. What do you think?
1: Um, yeah, obviously it's, 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 I would, I would call them initial test cases uh, where, where both the platform and the club obviously try to see um, whether, whether the emotions and passion and interest and sympathy uh, for the club, and for the platform is, 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 big enough to A, get the new revenue stream organized for the club. Um, B, obviously increases the relevance of, of the platform, Facebook or YouTube in that case, to, to have user stickiness. Um, because obviously at the moment, the users circulate all across the platforms. They go for video tutorials to YouTube. They go for latest news to Twitter. They go for content entertainment. Um, to Instagram, they go to um, exclusive content, which is obviously then um, paid, paid partnerships with partners and brands on Facebook, um, and and therefore those those swinging users between those are circulating between those platforms. You try as a as a, as a Facebook or as a, as a single platform, you try not them to swing. So you don't have swing states or swing users anymore. You want them more sticky to your own environment. Um, I'm a little bit skeptical about it because obviously um, the user has learned uh, over a long period that access to content is is free on those platforms. Um, and a payment barrier obviously is, is a significant um barrier uh, to 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 wide adoption, so yes you will get your hardcore fans uh, you know, in into those areas, but you're not wide in your horizon um, and I think what clubs should really look into it that that they that they learn from Facebook um, and think like Facebook because obviously Facebook is a third party um, but facebook amazon twitter youtube. They know the user behavior. They know the click behavior. They know so much about user data that the clubs should try to make sure that their CRM uplifts and and they become the owner of those data clicks, of those click journeys, of those behavioral um, analytics and insights of their community, because that will make them uh, more, more wiser um, in terms of uh, what content needs to be distributed on what platform.
0: That leads us nicely into the, the final section before we get to your three predictions for 2020. The final section being data. Um, how has it evolved in 2019? Is there, a, is there a shift at all or is it still basically reaching, engaging and monetizing, use of, using social media to to? to in- reach people where they are and, and engage them, bring them back to your platform, get their data and then start communicating with them directly, more effectively and gradually monetize them in all sorts of ways. Has it moved on from that?
1: In the majority, no. Um, and, that's, and that's just because, because in, in the majority of sports organizations, the, 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 the change management initiatives and processes have partially not even started the media and communications department is still there to distribute content. Um, and, And only in the sophisticated clubs where the mindset has changed that the media and communications department is a service provider, a service provider for internal use and a service provider for external use, they are obviously much advanced. They don't circulate content just for the sake of circulating or, or distributing it. They do it with the, with the specific means, um, and we can see obviously that 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 Instagram um, is is becoming more and more a shopping platform. Um, that we see that more and more shops is being uh, inc- incremented, um, and and we we obviously can see that. Um, um, those those things will 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 go will go further yeah that that players will sell club merchandising because the players are the influencers of the fans because the fans yes, they like the club, they love the club, but ultimately they have their favorite player, and if their favorite player offers them something special, the likelihood that they will buy it from the favorite player is much higher than from the club because the club always offers merch. But if the if the player offers a specific personalized merch then obviously um, the likelihood for him um, or for the purchaser uh, being or for, the, for the user to purchase it is, is higher so we see that that uh, that this is one trend coming up that obviously there will be a shopping extension which obviously needs uh, contract adoptions that the players be selling selling merch on behalf of the club and get a revenue share on that to increase their reputation and remuneration um, and and have a flexible portion of that so that's just an outlook but overall um, we we saw obviously that that the content distributed is much more specific and 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 um, I know our argument um, not argument our discussion last year around dog out um, was was very high you can see that dog out is 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 increasing on, on club base because the clubs they have on site don't, don't give them enough exclusivity that they need to onboard more clubs. And then obviously, if you have more clubs on it, then then you cannibalize the older clubs and your content is less less exclusive. Because if you look into the club's mindset of, of distribution is same old, same old. Training picture, training videos, game pictures, game videos, um, happy birthday, goal updates, score sheets. There's no real innovation around there until Amazon came and The Zone came um, and Netflix came and made insights. So so now every cat and dog around Europe um, who believes he's a a valuable football club has an offer from one of those players for an exclusive series or creates an insight series by themselves like Cologne has done or so. Um, so, so instead of having an exclusivity, it's just, it's just like, um, we, it's just like, like, um, uh, let's say like, like, a like a horde of, of sheeps or a horde of wolves. Yeah. Where the alpha wolf leads to one direction and then five, six, ten other wolves follow that guidance and, and intimidate or replicate the same amount, just giving it a little bit of an own different touch. Um, of color, mostly, or or a club badge or a club crest, um, but hugely innovative at the moment. No, I don't see it. Hasn't changed.
0: No, I don't see. It. I don't see it either. I mean, it's interesting that I think part of that to defend club creation teams is that they've uh, come from a position of weakness, and the Amazons and the Facebooks come in with a big cheque, and uh, that opens a few doors. And also, people see it as more strategic. But you know, I, I would I'll say that. When a, an Amazon comes in and says we would like uh, access to the locker room and access to changing uh, to, to to training and access to the um, team talks etc., I'd I'd be turning around and say, well, hang on, I wanted that. Why couldn't I have that? Because the checks they're giving you also the checks they're giving you are are not exactly Sky money. They're not anywhere near Sky money. And Sky, I know. It's been reported in the papers. Have been turned around and saying, "Well, hang on, why have Amazon got access at half time when they're paying you X when we're paying you, you know, twenty X, thirty X, forty X, fifty X, and we don't get that access, and we've been asking for it." So there's a exactly whole right. few things exactly. going on
1: there, and, and and that brings that brings really ultimately the the the, the biggest challenge right? because and that's and that's where we always always. Struggle or have our headache inside. It's like why does every league why does every football club only think short-term? It's only short-term driven um, It's it's about maximizing revenues um, It's about things. It's nothing really a strategic five-year thinking It's like okay why so and that's what I but but sky on the same on the same turf See in Germany, for example, Sky has the majority of their subscriptions are twelve months and because because in twelve months they 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 offer nineteen ninety nine per month so twenty euros you pay so it's two hundred and fifty euros per year, and you get your sky package you can see live games, you can see the conference, which is like the six games on Saturday, you see all the goals live in that conference mode and and I'm a Sky subscriber for 14 years now. And for me, Sky should have offered me with a 10-year subscription, they should offer me saying, okay, Mario, you're such a long-term subscriber. We guarantee you now that your subscription will never, ever increase because you've been 10 years with us. We guarantee you you stay at the fixed price of 55 euros or 60 euros. So I'm penalized. I'm paying three times, four times as much as my parents. But I'm penalized and, and I have to I have to stick with it because my parents saying, well, why should we pay so much? Because every year, this year is my dad, next year is my mom, in three years is probably the cat, in four years is the dog, and in five years is my dad, and then it's my mom again. So So the hunt for new subscriptions is always short-term driven by the broadcasters as well. They don't, look into a long-term subscription behavior. They don't look into a a strategic vision. And obviously from a league perspective, a league like the Premier League, uh, like La Liga, like the Bundesliga, they want these huge players to come inside to be part of the family. That's why they lure Amazon in. And obviously Amazon and Facebook and, and all, they have obviously monitored for the last five, six, seven years that in order to come in, Where's our unique value proposition? And obviously, when they enter the discussion with the league and saying, but we need to go into the, 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 the tunnel. We need to go into the dressing room. And, then the, club, and then, then the league says, oh, yeah, times have changed. And you kind of knew, oh, we granted to you. So the leagues forget the long-term partner, the broadcasting partner, because they are attracted by the short-term view. And the English people have the perfect saying for it. The grass is always greener on the other side. The grass is always attractive by the young, new, fresh areas. And, of course, the same like a marriage. Yeah? If you're 15 years or 18 years marriage with the same woman, if it comes to 25-year-old, young, fresh, educated, sexy, young, whatever, brunette, blonde, across, of course she looks attractive. Yeah? And you forget what you had for the last 18 years because you have a short-term perspective. And I think that needs to significantly change because um, you can have that short-term perspective, but it needs to link into a three, four, five-year strategic plan. If you don't have the plan, if you don't know where you're heading, you're allowing everything, but everything is questioned. And obviously, Sky here cuts down significantly in Germany on the second division broadcasting. Um, And and you can see that maybe in two or three years, Sky says, I don't want the second division anymore. I only want the Bundesliga.
0: Yeah. I mean, that happened when I came back from America. It was obvious to me that Sky's offering had been hit by the amount they had to spend on the Premier League yeah. and they got rid of the Spanish that they used to have and the Spanish struggled to find a home in England and it's kind of a significant league, <laughs> very significant league, one of the global global big boys. Um so yeah, very interesting. The one thing I'll say, by the way, I did an interview with uh, the the head of international development on the J League, and of course they've done a ten year deal with DAZN as a partner, and they're saying it is a partner. So, and yet again, you look at the J League; that the, the J League is 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 not far from MLS in the way that it's grown. It perhaps hasn't done its PR as well as MLS, but it's certainly grown in significance. And if you look what Japanese are doing, in Japanese teams are doing in the AFC Champions League. And the national team as well. You're not surprised if they get to the World Cup quarterfinals. Whereas 20 years ago, it would have been a surprise. All those things suggest that that the J-League might be one that is moving, well, it's looking towards more longer-term planning, a longer-term uh, broadcast partner. It's looking international as well for the first time. It's quite an interesting podcast, that.
1: But it leads yep. to, J-League realized, obviously, that obviously their own country in Japan is too small. And when you look into how how Japan is obviously linked to Vietnam, How Japan is helping Philippines and Indonesia with with knowledge transfer, with uh, service partner agreements, with purchasing uh, companies and and flourishing those industries. Obviously, they they have expanded into Southeast Asia and opened up the J-League to those markets. Um, And you can see that obviously it it assists the the J-League's expansion significantly as well.
0: Yeah, and they're, they're thinking long term, that's my point, that you're saying exactly. no one's th- thinking long term, they're but that's, that's one the,
1: that is. the Japanese thinking. The Japanese don't invest short term, they never, because obviously they are so sophisticated in their society that they would not make all the effort for just a short term approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and everything is long term and sustainability focused. And I think that's where many Western European clubs should look into societies and cultural differences. That's why I'm such a big uh, fan and ambassador of learning from other cultures because culture is the key thing. Um, if, if you want to conquer areas, you need to understand the, the, the cultures.
0: Our final section, I asked you to think about three pre- big predictions, uh, put together three big predictions for 2020. Now, the first one you've already spoke about Spoken about, which was Google Maps. So, just elucidate on your thought there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I, and as as you know me, I mean, you you've mentioned it last night in a short uh, WhatsApp Twitter message. But but I I like conversations, so I didn't prepare <laughs> anything at all. I didn't put a thought in, and I thought our conversation will lead into those three things, which obviously it has. So yeah, I I obviously like I said. I mean, Google um, Google switched off Google Plus in April. Um, try to make youtube engaging and interactive youtube will never ever become interactive yeah it will never be a comment engagement platform it's a consuming tutorial platform where my son learns watches three four times how to scramble an egg before going to the oven to make a scrambled egg so it's it's a learning platform and Obviously, YouTube needs to do a lot to improve the quality, and we had that last couple of years as well. So um, in order for Alphabet to becoming an engaging, relevant, and keep a remaining um, social platform, it needs to becoming engaging. And, And when you see how Google Maps has sort of conquered all the mobile devices, how we use Google Maps to... Identify routes for traveling um, to see where we have to park when we want to go to a restaurant and everything. Um, We see that obviously Google Maps, with all the um, recessions and revisions and all the feedback you can get, is it, it could be a fairly simple next step evolution for Google Maps to becoming a social platform and actually becoming a virtual social platform. So if you use your mobile device walking through London and you see Madame Tussauds on the left, you can get the feedback of Richard Clark and Mario Leo, how Madame Tussauds is on the left, and you can see TGI Fridays on the right. If you go in Piccadilly Circus towards Covent Garden, um, then you get your feedback and engagement of that. And and obviously, then you can get live updates and say, well, my food was crap, my food was good. Uh, The experiences on the queue at Madame Tussauds was horrible. Um, so therefore, it's, it's becoming a more engaged, interactive platform because my, my family walks two hours before your family. And if you had two hours before a crappy experiences at the queue at Madame Tussauds, I'm aware of it. So I will skip that and go maybe to whatever, uh, another place yeah, to the London dungeon um, instead of Madame Tussauds.
0: Okay, so that's uh, and in, in a sporting context, how, in a sporting how to, context, obviously
1: it gives it gives the fans uh, an access to, to areas. Obviously, um, Google Maps pretty much updates everything. That's why it's asking you your opening hours on New Year's Day or not. Um, it's it's giving you much more insights, and obviously to make it even more live, the, the clubs get access to Google Maps and saying that the parking one is already occupied, is full. Um, please move to parking two and parking three it could be a a live updates basically as a service um, perspective it could also lead to the clubs basically setups where merchandising stores the merchandising stores offering um, the merchandising stores user experience and everything so significantly more uh, engaging and more powerful and obviously uh, increasing the value of of google for the clubs in the total your second prediction? Second prediction is obviously uh, players selling merch in 2020, um, selling clubs' merch, so not their own merch. Um, so obviously um, I believe that on, on Facebook, Instagram, um, the, the players will will, will be coming um, the extended shop window for clubs um, and, and selling merch. So I urge each of the clubs to sort of look how to adopt and, 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 uh, and, and improve the player contracts um, in that respect um, because players are the club's ambassadors um, and the club's ambassadors and influencers becoming more and more powerful in, with the community and, and the audience. So therefore, we see that, or I can, I can foresee that this, this step can happen uh, and will happen um, in, in, in 2020. Therefore, new revenue streams will apply if, let's say, I don't know, um, name a very good talented League 2 player or League 1 player who scores lots of goals. It doesn't come quickly to my mind, but let's say the MK Dons, my former hometown, they have a great um, young talent who scored the hat-trick on Match Saturday. And on Sunday, basically, the, the, the fans inside the stadium um, or the, the, the MK fans basically get a, a personalized shirt from him for a specific offering um, sold out. So then it's much easier um, for the club to sell additional merch um, through a player than being just a club offering.
0: OK, and your third prediction? That's a
1: very challenging one. Uh, all, all the leaks actually going into into rights periods. And obviously, with with the very positive quality, Amazon has 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 broadcasted um, their their um, matches they have um, on, on Boxing Day and everything, and the ex- positive experiences by the audience. I think that in the next rights period, which I think will be decided um, in in the early days, that um, Facebook, Instagram, uh, sort of Facebook, Amazon, and Google. Will get a bigger piece of broadcasting rights, and uh, to the to the pain of the zone and, and and Netflix, because obviously they got fairly cheap to some of those um, rights, and, and and therefore I think those those bigger platforms and solar systems are entering um, the the rights game on a bigger scale.
0: Mario, a happy new year, and thank you very much.
1: It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Rich.
0: You can find Sports Content Strategy on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go to SportsContentStrategy.com for more information and to sign up to the newsletter. Richard is at Mr. Richard Clark on all social media. Read his blog at Mr. Richard Clark.com.